1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. Been preaching, started this morning. I don't know how much more I'm going to go. I will just follow the Lord on it, but really felt like this is what I needed to preach tonight, so that's what I'm going to do. And uh, there are some important uh, 316s in the Bible. Now, I understand all the Word of God is important. I understand that. Uh, I get that. But uh, I just want to look at some things that God has really just showed me and uh, hopefully has showed you over the years. We looked at John 3.16 and uh, then 1 John 3.16 this morning. And I believe in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 is also where we were at where it talked about uh, without controversy great is the mystery of godliness, how that God was uh, manifest in the flesh. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16, read with me, we'll read two verses. And the Bible says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. You can be seated tonight. Heavenly Father, I pray you'd come by and help us now. Uh, how much we stand in need of you. And Lord, we certainly look into you and leaning on you. And I pray tonight you'd guard our mind and our thoughts. And Lord, I pray you'd help the one that needs help. And I pray you'd touch us and anoint us and save the one that needs saving tonight. God, I just really pray you'd hinder Satan from this meeting tonight and help us to see what we need to see. Might you be honored in it. Pray you as glorified uh, in the singing tonight. I pray during the choir singing, he is honored. Would you help us preach now for all this in Jesus' name? Amen and amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, this chapter deals with, most of us will know it, this is uh, uh, where Paul writes to the church at Corinth and he calls them babes uh, in Christ. You can look there in verse 1. He said he could not talk to them uh, as unto spiritual, uh, but as unto carnal. Uh, and the Bible tells us over there at another point, I believe it was in the book of Hebrews, that, uh, that he that uh, useth milk is a babe. Because if you look in verse 2, how the apostle Paul says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. And so he couldn't feed them with meat. He could not feed them. Uh, and that of the, uh, let me say this, the uh, heavier and weightier things uh, uh, and that of doctrine. They needed a... Uh, uh, biblical milk. And by the way, if, if, if a baby is a baby, uh, then they need milk. And it's alright to need milk if you're a baby. Uh, but eventually you grow up and you're not a baby anymore. Uh, and so we know that the Bible said in the book of First Peter, I believe it was, chapter 2, that uh, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, uh, uh, that you may grow thereby. You don't remain... Uh, uh, on milk. You quit drinking milk after a while uh, and get to the meat. And so the Apostle Paul says, I have fed you with milk uh, and not with meat. And then he begins to go on to tell them that uh, one plants and another waters, but it's God that gives the increase because they were talking about that uh, who they had believed by and who they'd been baptized by and all those things that were putting their stock uh, uh, in that, but he said, "Look, it's just you know, Apollos watered. I, I've planted, and Apollos is watered, but God uh, is the one that gave the increase. Uh, it really don't matter who's doing the preaching uh, uh, and who's doing the leading to Christ, uh, uh, as long as somebody is getting led to Christ. Amen. And that's what the Apostle Paul was trying to get them to see right there. And then he talks about our foundation." Uh, in verse 11, and I preached on that Wednesday night and building on that foundation in the judgment seat of Christ uh, right here in verses 11 through 15. 
But then we come to verse 16. Here's what I want to look at. Uh, where he said, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, uh, and that the Spirit of God uh, dwelleth uh, in you. Now in this text we see uh, uh, something that we should all know, but that is actually uh, very easy uh, to talk about, but sometimes hard to explain. Uh, how that the Spirit of God uh, dwells in a believer. Uh, Can I say number one tonight, that first of all, the believer uh, uh, is the temple uh, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, In the Old Testament doctrine, in the Old Testament economy, uh, God dwelled in the tabernacle uh, uh, and in the temple. God had Moses in that build the tabernacle when the children of Israel come up out of the land of Egypt. And it was there that God would come and put his glory upon it and direct the children of Israel and go. And when it would come off, they would pack up the tabernacle and it would move and they would go wherever God told them to go. But then when God had gave David Jerusalem and let Saul and build the temple over there, uh, God put His glory upon that temple. Uh, God said, I'll dwell uh, uh, among man, Second Chronicles chapter 5, uh, at the dedication of the temple, uh, at the dedicatorial place. Uh, and suddenly it came to pass as the trumpeters and the singers uh, uh, were as one and make one sound to be heard uh, in praising and thanking the Lord. Uh, and when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Why be good for me and you to say that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Has he not been good to you? It would do us good to be reminded about how good God has been to us. Wasn't it good that he saved you? Wasn't it good that he gave you a home in heaven? Wasn't it good that he's blessed you beyond more than what you could ever imagine and think about because I know who you are. You know who you are, and I know who I am tonight, and God has been good to me. Amen. Nothing, ain't that right, church? Amen. We'll go eat here in a minute, but stay with me. Listen, God has been good to you. And then the Bible said that His mercy endureth forever. Ain't you glad tonight that God's mercy is always evident? Listen, notice what it said. They praise the Lord for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. That then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. So God put His stamp of approval and come by. And that's where God stayed until he left. You know that God left that temple over there eventually if you look. Because when you, and we'll see this here in a minute, um, but God allowed that temple to get destroyed. And that thing ain't tired today. And you'll find that Ezra built another one over there and they worshiped the Lord in it for a certain amount of time and it became Herod's temple, I believe it was, and he built onto the complex and all that. Uh, uh, but even Titus the Roman in AD 70 come by and destroyed it. But when one gets saved, uh, uh, and by grace divine, thank God for grace, when one gets saved, the Holy Spirit comes in and indwells and inhabits the believer. uh, and, And he comes in, and notice what the Bible said. 
Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? It is the Holy Spirit that comes and abides and makes permanent residence inside of us when we got saved. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13, In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Paul said, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. So when you got saved, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit come in and sealed you uh, uh, and made you part of the family of God uh, uh, and sealed you up and protects you uh, uh, and that from the devil getting you. Amen. The devil cannot have you anymore. When you got saved, you got sealed and the Holy Spirit inhabits you. Now that same Holy Spirit, according to the book of Revelation chapter 22, uh, dealt with your heart and the Spirit and the bride say, Come, uh, listen, it was the Spirit that dealt with your heart that night uh, or that day when you got saved. But He's inside your heart. He's inside of you for a reason. We go on and we read in Ephesians chapter 1 uh, uh, that we were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of His glory. He left the Holy Spirit with us uh, as a promise uh, that He's coming again and that He's coming to get us. He is the earnest uh, of the inheritance. Listen, God left us something uh, uh, to tell us that He's coming to get us. And that's the Holy Spirit. And that's what earnest money is. Uh, you give somebody earnest money to buy something. Y'all know this. Uh, I usually they want a thousand dollars. You leave a hundred. Uh, say I'll be back to get it tomorrow, and you go back with nine hundred dollars. And so you know what God has done. He's left us the Holy Spirit uh, to abide in us uh, as a promise uh, that He's coming again. Amen. Ain't that a wonderful promise? Well, I'm telling you, He just ain't here to help us uh, and to guide us. Now, get there in a minute, don't worry. But He's here to remind us uh, that Jesus is coming to get us. Ain't that good today? Amen. Thank God for that. But the Holy Spirit, He is our earnest of our inheritance. So we've got an inheritance as a believer. You know, what was it that Peter told us? We have an inheritance which is in heaven, which fadeth not away. So we're waiting on something. We're waiting to get something one day after a while. My dad, he says, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, all the things that him and mama saved and the money that they saved to retire on and, and all that, he says, son, I'm, I'm spending your inheritance. Now this, this is what my, me and my sister tell them. And I mean it from the depths of my heart because my mom and dad worked hard over the years to get their money. They don't have a lot of money. I'm just saying they worked hard to get it. They got, went to work every day and saved to retire. I mean, that's what it was. I took care of us kids. And, uh, and so me and my sister, we tell them, here's what we want you to do. We hope you spend your life's dime uh, uh, before you leave here. Reverse mortgage the house and spend it too for all we care. I mean, I, and, and the last check they write, I better be careful, but I hope it's to the IRS and I hope it bounces. Amen. And I mean that from the depths of my heart. I'm not waiting on their money. 
They some children sat around waiting on their parents to die so they can get their money. I'm not waiting on my mom and daddy's money. I want them to enjoy their money. It's theirs, not mine. And let me say this. My mom and dad paid for me and took care of me for 19 years. I owe them a lot. Amen? I owe them a lot. But the Holy Spirit, He's here. I don't know how we got there, but it's good and you're welcome. Amen? Uh, He says, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. So we are the purchased possession this morning or tonight. Unto the praise of His glory. So the Holy Spirit, listen, first of all, He dwells in the believer as the temple of God. We are the temple of God. Where God resides in man is inside of us, first of all, because it is the earnest of the inheritance because we're paid for today. I'm getting ahead of myself, but the Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own, for you're bought with a price. That was by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, according to 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. He said, Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I'll come back to it in a minute. The Holy Spirit, as He resides in us, He is the earnest, but then He guides us into all truth. John chapter 16, the Bible said, How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth, for He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. He shall glorify Me, for He shall receive of Mine, and shall show it unto you. You know, there's one thing that I learned in studying the, the life of Christ in the four Gospels. I, I, I learned one, well, I learned more than one thing, hopefully. I, but one thing I did learn is that when Jesus came, He glorified the Father what he said. He said, I've come to glorify the Father. But here Jesus said, when the Spirit of truth is come, he said, he shall glorify me. Now, let me just cut to the chase right here. I really got a problem with people uh, that make a lot to do uh, talking about the Holy Spirit. We're going to have a Holy Spirit service tonight or uh, we're going to have a Holy Spirit party. I got a problem with that. Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. He will point to Jesus. Uh, listen, you go on and you look in John 15. Uh, uh, he said, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Nowhere do you find that the Holy Spirit will bring glory and honor to Himself. It's always Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But what does He do in our life? He is the earnest of the inheritance, of the purchased possession, but He guides us in truth. So when somebody... Let me deal with truth. What is truth? John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So what's the Holy Spirit going to do? He's going to guide you to and in the word of God. I mean, that's where he's going to start at. He will not speak of himself. He will point you to Jesus, but he will guide you in to the word of God. 
Some people don't understand the Bible because they don't read the Bible. Some people don't understand the Bible uh, because they, they don't take time uh, to, to spend time with God in prayer about the Bible. And I'm going to tell you why some people don't understand the Bible because they ain't got the Holy Spirit inside of them. And he tells us over there that I believe it is in the book of Romans. I, I, at one point over there, he, he said, if, if, you, if the Spirit abides not in you, then you're none of His. Because when you got saved, you get the Holy Spirit. But He guides us in the truth. So He will not guide you wrong. I've, I've watched people and heard people say, well, you know the... Lord told me to do that or guided me to do that or the Holy Spirit wanted me to do that and, and it was contrary to the Word of God. No, He didn't have nothing to do with it. I, I, I guarantee you that. I had, I had a preacher friend of mine. He had a lady come to his church and uh, she, she, she said, I know what the Bible says, but God's called me to preach. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no. Uh, he's not going to go contrary to his book. I can tell you that now. I mean, if God goes contrary to his book, I mean, you might as well just shut it up and go to house. We might as well turn this into something else and let the world have it, live our life the best way that we can and go on and hope for a good end at the end of it all. Uh, but friend, I believe tonight when God has said what He said, I believe the Holy Spirit will guide us in the way of His Word if we'll just listen to Him. I believe He'll guide us in that book. We need to listen and follow. He wants us to be in the truth. He will guide you into all truth. And he says, whatsoever he shall hear, he'll speak. And so, you know what else he'll do? Not only in guiding us in the word. Can I ask you something? Have you ever had the Holy Spirit nudge you in one direction or stop you from going into another direction? Let me give you an example. Acts 16 in verse 6, the Bible said, Now when they had gone throughout Phygera and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mysia, they essayed uh, to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. I preached out of them probably a year or two ago, those verses right there, uh, when, when God won't let you. You know, now, now listen, he, he did let them go in another direction. If you read a few verses later, you'll see that. But right here, the Holy Spirit forbid them from going in that direction. Now I'm going to tell you, I had, and I think most of you know this story. I think I've told this story. Uh, me, me and Kelly ran into a fellow one time up at the steakhouse, and uh, he baited me. Uh, real simple, he baited me. He said, how are you doing tonight? I said, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? See, already had me right there, because I said, how are you doing? See, I opened the door, you see. And then he began to give me a sad story and a sob story and all that. And, uh, and so I ended up giving him a little money. And, uh, but, but then he, he started talking about needing, uh, needing a place to stay and, and all that. And, uh, and wanted, him, wanted us to put him up in a hotel and for his uh, wife and little girl. And to be honest with you, I've seen pictures of him, but I've never seen his wife and little girl. And so I did give him a little money, but I'm going to be honest with you. Standing right there while I was talking to him, and I was contemplating whether to pay uh, for his hotel room. I'm telling you, just as plain as day, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, don't you give him no more money. Now, you, you, you can argue with me all day long. I know, I know what happened right there. The Holy Spirit was helping me. God was helping me. I can tell you another time, uh, I, I, I'd, I'd run by, I'd, I'd went to see Aaron. 
out at the shop. He, uh, he was supposed to be at the shop. And God, I, I really thought God wanted me to go talk to that boy about the Lord. And I, I walked in. It was after quitting time, but I seen his truck down there. And I walked in there, uh, and he wasn't there. But Patrick was in there. And Patrick's a lost man too. And I walked over to his office, opened the door. I said, where's Aaron at? And he, uh, he told me, he said, he's going with Nick and all this. And I said, okay, thank you. And shut the door. And just as soon as I shut that door, just as much as I'm standing here tonight, I really believe the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, are you not going to say nothing about me? I believe God spoke. I really believe that tonight. And so I just opened the door when Aaron talked to him about the Lord. I believe God can do that. But none of that is contrary to His book tonight. You see, does God talk to me like that all the time? No, but I wish He would sometimes. It would help me. <laughs> that living by faith stuff's a little hard sometimes, ain't it? I'm just going to be honest. Don't you like it when, it's, when you know that you're headed in the right direction? I mean, you know that you know that you know that that's the right thing to do. Don't you like that? But if we'll listen, if we'll listen as the Holy Spirit, the one that dwells on the inside of us, that God has made us the temple of Him uh, because He lives inside of us, He will guide us into truth. He's there to help us. Take your Bible tonight and go to the book of Romans chapter 8. If you ain't marked this in your Bible, I wish you would tonight because this might help you one day. Romans chapter 8. I want you to look in verse 26. Romans 8, after it talks about being saved by hope, look in verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. So He's a helper, ain't He? He said, He helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession uh, for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. What's he saying? He said when we don't even know how to pray, Holy Spirit prays. He's living inside of you. You see, He's dwelling inside of you. He is abiding in you. He knows you. See, that's the thing. He knows you. He knows what you need. He knows when you need it. He knows how to help you. And so He prays for you. You ever been glad that somebody told you that they were praying for you? Boy, I, I, I that, that means more to me here. Uh, as I get older, that means more to me than it used to, I think. Just to know that somebody... I, 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 like, I, I, I like for people to call me sometimes and, uh, I, and folk that I hadn't heard from in a while, uh, and they'll say, Preacher, uh, we've been praying for you. Well, I'm glad you ain't forgot. Well, the Holy Spirit is there to guide us. He is there at the earnest of the inheritance, but He's there to help us. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When we don't know how to pray, He prays. When we're too low to pray, He prays. When we're too sad to pray, he prays. And he that searches the hearts knoweth 
What is the mind of the Spirit? Because He maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And He knows how to pray. Even when me and you don't know what to pray and how to pray, He does. So we are the temple of God. And the Spirit dwells inside of us. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you which you have of God and you're not your own. For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. So the believer is the temple of God where he puts his Holy Spirit at. But we don't belong to us anymore. That temple did not belong uh, and that to the nation of Israel. God Claim that. That was God's home. That was God's place where He dwelt among man. It was God's house. I mean, it was called God's house. Just like it's called your house. That's Mark's house, Jeremiah's house, Miss Sarah's house. Right? It's our house. That was God's house. Do you understand tonight that the same thing is true about you? You're God's house. He dwells inside of you. Now that's going, that should change how some of you all uh, contemplate and think about doing some things out in this world and doing things. Uh, uh, he said, what? He asked the question, what? He says, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own, for you're bought. We were bought by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he said this, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. How much of that do we do? I mean, he's living on the inside. Can I, can I, can I say this tonight? Uh, God, the Lord Jesus Christ, He does have the right to have the say in our life. He bought us. He paid for us. You remember when I, 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 I preached uh, uh, years ago, probably 10 years ago. Now it feels like 10 years ago. I, I, I preached a, a three-part series on modesty on Sunday night. And one of the questions that I asked about that thing uh, was we belong to God. Just like if you were, you know, you don't own your house. You don't own your tabernacle. You're just renting it out, ain't you? You're just living in it. You know, it, it was the same. I asked that question about uh, when we was talking about getting tattoos, you know. Before you paint something on the outside of somebody's house that don't belong to you, you ought to talk to the landlord about that thing. Right? It's not your house. Can I tell you, the body you're living in tonight is not your house. He owns it tonight. Why? He paid for it. He bought it. And He dwells on the inside of us. I mean, we are the temple of God. And so therefore, the temple of God should what? Should be holy. What did He say in verse 17 of the text verse? If He man defile the temple of God, Him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple you are. God required holiness over there in the Old Testament in that temple. That temple was holy. You know where, you know where the very first place the word holy is mentioned in the Bible? Exodus chapter 3 and verse 5. Moses is standing out there on the mountainside and talking to God in a burning bush over there. And here's what he said. He said, Draw not hither, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet for the place whereon thou standest. Is holy ground. Holy. 
That, that word holy means entire or perfect, nothing lacking. It means to be hallowed or consecrated and set apart for sacred use. How much of that are we tonight? How much are we set apart for sacred use? Can God use us? I want to show you something. Go to the book of Exodus chapter 19. I want to show you now. Children of Israel just come up out of the land of Egypt. They're in the wilderness. Exodus 19. Look, look with me in verse 9. God's going to come down. God's going to come down on Mount Sinai and going to talk with the children of Israel. Going to talk with Moses and the children of Israel. And God, and God told them, said, Moses, don't let them come and touch the mount. Don't let them come and touch the mount. Don't let an animal get away and break through and touch the mount. He said, because they're going to die. Now you're talking about God being holy. Look in verse uh, Exodus uh, chapter 19. Begin with me in verse 9. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee, and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. What had, what had the people said? You go back to verse 8. All that the Lord has spoken we will do. I go to verse 10. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. And be ready against the third day, for the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that ye go not up into the mount or touch the border of it. Whosoever toucheth uh, the mount shall surely be put to death. There shall not a hand touch it. But he shall surely be stoned or shot through, uh, whether it be beast or man. It shall not live. When the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. And Moses went down from the mount unto the people and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. Uh, and he said unto the people, Be ready against the Lord, the third to be ready against the third day, come not at your wives. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the nether part of the mount. And the Mount Sinai, and Mount Sinai was altogether on the smoke because the Lord descended upon it uh, in fire and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace and the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake and God answered him by a voice. What's that got to do with anything? Notice what God told them to do. The children of Israel, I'm going to come and I'm going to meet with them. Moses, I'm going to meet with them in three days. You get them ready to meet with me. You get them sanctified. That means set apart and that for God's use. And then he even told them to wash their clothes. He said get them right on the inside and get them right on the outside. Holiness comes to the outside. You know 1 Peter 1.16 he said because it is written be ye holy for I am holy. You say, well, I'm holy at heart. Yeah, but if you are, it'll eventually escape to the outside. <coughs> Do you know that uh, to be holy, 
You have to stay separated out of this world. Take your Bible and go to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Second Corinthians, is that where I want to be? Oh, yeah. Man, I was in First Corinthians six. It wasn't reading right at all. It's pulling a Jeff Hembry there for a minute. Second <clears throat> Corinthians six, looking at verse fourteen. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Right, what are we talking about? Saved people and unsaved people, believers and unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord with, hath Christ with Belial? And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. Looky there. There it is again. Or the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will what? Dwell in them and walk in them and will be their God. And they shall what? Be my people. Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you and will be a father unto you and will be, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Look at chapter 7 verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved. What promises? I taught on this not too long ago. Where God said, come out from among them, be ye separate, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you and be a father unto you and you be my sons and daughters. That's the promise. He said, and he told us to be separated. He said, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting what? Holiness in the fear of God. So to perfect holiness in the fear of God, we must cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Perfecting holiness. God does not want to reside. You say, I thought the Holy Spirit resides. God does not want to reside. Y'all understand that, don't you? God does not want to reside and will not reside in a dirty house. He will not do it. You might do it. God won't do it. He wants us to be holy. That means to be separated out of this world and consecrated for Him and living for Him. He said, if any man defile the temple of God, what does that mean to defile? That word defile means to make unclean, foul, dirty, impure, to corrupt. If you want to dirty up the temple, you can. But he said right here, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. I really take that serious tonight. How are you going to preach that away? How are you going to teach that away? I mean, how are you going to get it to go away? Well, there's a lot of people, preacher, that ain't, ain't living right and ain't doing right and God ain't done nothing to them. I'm going to be straight with you tonight. God ain't done nothing to them. I'd really wonder if they're saved. Because if the Holy Spirit's residing on the inside of them, I'll guarantee you tonight, He's bothering them about how they're living. I understand God, I understand God didn't destroy the Old Testament temple right away when Israel messed up. I understand that. He gave them a space of repentance. You can go back and you look in the Old Testament. You can see that God would give them a space of, uh, of repentance and, and, and Judah would get right. And uh, Listen, they even let that house get in disrepair. 
I mean, they let holes and breaches come in it. And they'd have to take up money to fix the holes and breaches in it. And they'd get it all fixed up and go back to worshiping God. And God was honored in it. God let go. But you know what? They eventually, they eventually set up idol worship inside that temple. They eventually didn't want to have anything to do with that temple. They didn't want to have anything to do with Him. And so you know what God done? God said, okay, then I'll just take it all away. And you know what, if God's people, if somebody that is truly saved uh, says, I don't want anything else to do with this, I'm going to go my own way and do what I want to do, I think God will get you. Some of you all sitting in here right now, know people, know people that you truly believe were saved. uh, Because I've heard you tell me the story. You truly believe they were saved and probably were saved and they got to live in Rome and God snatched them out. I've heard you tell me the stories. God will not use a temple that's dirty and He will not keep one that's dirty either. And to go back to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 over there that we looked at about the difference between restoration and separation. What was it He said to the church at Corinth in just a couple of verses? He said to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the Spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. In the Old Testament, he destroyed that temple because they didn't want to have nothing else to do with him. They defiled it. They polluted it. They made it dirty. I really believe there are some saved people tonight that have got away from God. But I just don't think God's going to let that thing rock on for 30 years. Now what do I know? I don't know the mind of God, but I do know this. I know what the Word of God says. I believe Hebrews 12 when it talks about the chastening hand of God. And I believe 1 Corinthians chapter 3 over here when he says he'll destroy the temple. I believe he will. So he let Nebuchadnezzar come by in, in the book of... You, you can see it in the book of Jeremiah over there how that he destroyed that temple. So let me ask you something. How much do we care about our life in Christ tonight? How much do we care about living for Him? I think you should care a whole lot. I'm glad tonight that the Lord left us the Holy Spirit to abide and reside in our life tonight. Let's bow our heads across the house tonight.